Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Progressive Patriots. Uh, hope you had a pleasant Christmas or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you, whatever you like to celebrate. Uh, Festivus for the rest of us. That was my deal. Uh, <laughs> I all right. So I took a little break for Christmas, like no shit. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff to catch up on. So it. I'm not sure I was planning to do this as just like a single roundup for both international and domestic, but that uh, we'll see how that goes just because there's so much. So let's get started with <clears throat> a, a little uh, heading butting of heads between the Philippines and China. A uh, spokesman for the Philippines says that China is international is violating international law by violating Filipino maritime borders, which has con- this has been the case for fucking ages here. Uh, the foreign minister from uh, China claims, or he claims, like that the Philippines is only acting because the U.S. supports. Uh, supports and encourages these types of things and that the Philippines should uh, return to a bilateral negotiation table or to find some sort of uh, resolution for common interests. But one of the problems, I I know that we mentioned it a while ago, uh, is there's this old ship. I actually read a little bit about the history of this ship. It used to be, it was a destroyer in World War II for the U.S., and it was gifted to the Vietnamese for a, for a period, and after that, it uh, was passed on to uh, the Filipinos, to the Philippine Navy. Uh, so the, this particular ship, known as the uh, BRP Sierra Madre, whatever, uh, they ran it aground on the second thomas shoal which we've discussed before and they continue to reinforce it because like the this is our space fuckers so if you, <laughs> if you want it we're, they uh, have a contingency of uh filipino marines on the ship so that's who they're constantly supplying with this uh, there has been like uh, water cannons and that type of thing uh but this is a, I don't know, this feels like a, like deja vu here. It's the same shit that's been happening for months, at least since I've been watching it. Is This has come up multiple times. So, the, I know that um, we'll have a little bit on the South China Sea as it pertains to not just Philippines, but also Vietnam. But we'll have that in a little bit. So, moving along to Taiwan. The current vice president, uh, Lai Ching-te, of the DPP, that's like the the more popular party, the Democrat Democratic Progressive Party, uh, they refer to the KMT Kuomintang. Uh, that's the that is the historical group that was run out of mainland China to Taiwan when they lost. Uh, the civil war against the communist party but so the DPP uh, vice president referred to the KMT as being pro-communism now the Chinese communist party refers to uh, vice president Lai as a dangerous dangerous separatist that's what they call him and um they refer to the com- upcoming presidential election, which is on in January on the 13th, uh, as a, a the a, it's like the how do they frame how do they say it? It was that the the Taiwanese people are deciding between war and peace. So the KMT candidate is, is a Hu Yu Yi. Trying my best here. Uh, let's see said we don't need to have an election 
by fabricating slander and painting us red. And we don't need manipulation by ideology. So the for that to be an added share, like a common common phrase, like to paint something red, uh, I don't know. I've always heard paint the town red, which means to just like go fuck around and, you know, have a wild time doing whatever. But to paint something red in Taiwan is to label it pro-communist party. Um, so I saw conflicting reports on this. The mainland China typically ramps up uh, military maneuvers, war games, that type of thing, leading to the elections, but so far have not. Um, uh, Xi Jinping, president of mainland China, uh, his words after like this little spat between the two candidates what well, he he vowed that was the word that he used to prevent anyone splitting away from China in any way the motherland must be reunified and and inevitably will be reunified now uh <laughs> most from what i understand of this little situation is that the majority of people in taiwan want to they want to just kind of continue being taiwanese it's how they like identify themselves and they don't call themselves um they, I, they don't seem to refer to themselves as chinese in the sense of republic of china or chinese in the i don't know in the just in the sense of the uh, dem, uh, ethnonym or demonym lai chingte the the front runner for the dpp he has already stated that Taiwan is already a sovereign nation, and that it like if it's like if you don't believe me, we're called the Republic of China. Uh, that not his exact words, but you know what I mean. So, President Xi vowing to reunify China, and for Vice President Lai to be to already be saying like we're like this isn't a question of. Our sovereignty. We are already sovereign, and that's uh, that. Yeah. So the the uh, KMT typically tries to be more. I don't know if appease is the right word, but they do try to keep more friendly, cordial type relations with Beijing to try to avoid anything, which is uh, something else that uh that the candidate. The KMT candidate who said what that was exactly that is just because we're trying to avoid war does not mean that we're pro-China or pro-communist China. I I don't know, man. The history of appeasement is not a good one. Uh, but I mean, this is for reasons that are I think pretty fucking obvious. We will be backing Taiwan in its endeavors to remain. Uh, independent um but yeah we'll see we'll see how far we're gonna go to uh to commit to that all right so these the following three are asia are asian news from asia in the sense that the countries are in asia but this also straddles the line with the uh ukraine russia war so the, the, these three nations have expanded their their sanctions against Russia. Uh, Taiwan, they their sanctions were mostly on high tech stuff, which is what I one of their primary exports. Uh, they also included Belarus in their sanctions, and uh, they, these are in keeping with Korea and Japan, the other two. As well as the European Union, you know, in the UK, all everyone else. Uh, so Korea, they expanded it to 600 more goods, products that can be converted for military use. So you have to get a special exemption from the uh, Korean government to 
export that type of stuff to Russia. Uh, Russia, naturally, is not happy about this. They're calling it, uh, like, essentially a proxy move by us. Like, they're only acting because... They're only doing this because we told them to. Gonna gonna have to stop you right there, madam. The She was, like, a spokesperson for the foreign ministry. That both Korea and the Japanese Self-Defense Force had to scramble... They had to scramble jets... Because Russia, Russian and Chinese bombers were flying in formation with each other near, like through and near Korean and Japanese territory. Uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, that is, uh, I, I'm not, uh, I don't think this is just a move for, uh, because the U.S. said so. You are you and your fucking homeboys are really pushing the line here. You're towing the line in the most egregious way possible. Right. So, but uh, moving up to the Japanese portion of this, they actually sent, like, in addition to sanctions, they also sent Patriot missile defense systems to the U.S. Now, how is this something that's gonna piss off? Russia, how does that fucking, how, how does that, you know, what's the problem here? And it's just that they are, once they've been shipped to the U.S., there's, we, uh, Japan cannot guarantee that, that though, that stock won't be sent to Ukraine. You know what I mean? But at the same time, Japan sends us their Patriot missiles. Uh, and then we send our Patriot missiles. You see what I'm you see the problem? You see the conundrum there? Um, this is one of the f the first in almost a decade of Japanese arms exports. because um, their their laws being very pacifist uh don't allow uh, shipping any deadly weaponry of any kind to any country that is actively involved in a war. Uh, the foreign ministry spokeslady, uh, I didn't jot down her name because I really don't care, um, called warns Japan, they warned Korea, similar shit, like grave consequences. Um, unambiguously hostile action. Uh, Japan and Russia still have... I, this was actually a weird bit. Is I thought it was inten pretty intense. I didn't know this. There, that there is no formal treaty between Japan and Russia or, or like its predecessor, Soviet Union. There's uh, territories that, that Japan claims... Called the, they call them the Northern Territories. Uh, the Russians refer to them as the Southern Kur I think it's Kuriles. Uh It's just like an island chain, right? And it was the Soviet Union annexed it after Japan surrendered in World War II. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> they they've been uh, they've been butting heads over that just the same way everyone's butting heads with China over the South China Sea. Uh, but I don't know. I think I might have to amend my previous statement that this is a little different. This isn't just sanctions. This is actively sending arms to a country while they are not directly involved is directly supplying one of the countries involved. So it is a little bit of a different beast there. But uh, still say fuck them. There you go. Uh, right. If there, so just because the shit is not in your face, front page news anymore, doesn't mean that the shit has stopped, has ended. The like the weather right now in Ukraine is pretty horrible, as you can imagine. Uh, a lot of you East Coast people probably know better than I. Um, but so, if you would like, if you could help. 
lvx.at slash Ukraine. That is an, an NGO, non, not partisan in any way. It's just helping people who are caught in the middle with warm clothes, fucking warm bed, warm food. The shit that we all take for granted, right? Uh, so there you go. That is all I got. So just on the Ukraine-Russia part, the U.S. Uh, Congress is still deliberating a bunch of bullshit, but we'll get to that in a little bit. <clears throat> or later, whenever. I don't know. We'll get to it, though. Okay. In We're moving to Africa here. The, the junta in Niger is preparing to hold elections. Um, the junta... I think I believe if I recall if I read if I recall correctly they took over they uh, ousted the government in July it was June or July and uh, they're preparing for elections democratic elections with uh, independent third party oversight so uh, fingers crossed here uh, the foreign minister from Togo Robert Ducey he went to Niger as an emissary on behalf of ECOWAS, the Economic Community of West African States. So that is the... That is the I think that's the higher regional body that Niger is sort of... A, a, they adhere to it. They follow, they follow that organization's uh, sort of guidelines on stuff. Uh, but... Not just Togo, but Sierra Leone and Benin also going to be working with Niger, the Niger Junta, on a short transition roadmap. Um, no date exactly for when the elections will be, but I will keep you posted as that shit develops. F fingers crossed, man. There's already enough horrible shit going on there oh right speaking of elections in the democratic republic of the congo uh this uh moise katumbi among others but he's the the leading opposing opposition candidate um he called the recent elections in 20 in uh, december 20th um, that they were a massive fraud um so there were five other candidates. Uh, Katumbi is not among them, but five other leading opponents are going to be having... Oh, shit. The demonstrations happened today. So I uh, have not heard. I have not heard how those went. I'm hopeful they went okay, uh, safely, peacefully, you know, all that stuff. The results of the of the uh, election we shouldn't be expecting to see them until about the turn of the new year there is a joint statement released by 13 embassies in uh, the uh, DR Congo uh, as the vote counting continues we urge all stakeholders especially political actors candidates and their supporters to exercise restraint allow the process to unfold and raise their concerns peacefully pretty standard shit uh the president his name is uh, felix chisaketi it's t-s-h i i chi 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 i'm going with that that's what we got um he so he's the one looking for a uh second this is, would be his second term the the uh, Congolese Election Commission, it's called CENI, -E uh, it's uh, something I think French, but uh, the, the chair of that organization, <clears throat> his name is uh, Denis Kadima, was, he acknowledged on, on election day and throughout that there were issues. Um, some of the problems with the election were such that some polling stations did not open on time uh delays varying and other places not opening at all 
Um, that's uh, it's questionable. So I didn't know this, but the Catholic Church apparently has a very strong foothold in the DR Congo. They have an oversight group, uh, like a political oversight group, that goes by Senco, C-E-N-C-O. Um, the Secretary General of Senco, Donatine Nshole, said uh, said that the election should have finished on the twentieth, on the one day, to avoid any any possibilities of fraud. Um, it's. I think that the voting was open up through today, and I expect by now is is closed, and counting is taking place. But all of the all of the opposition candidates have been calling this a major fraud, very strong language, and it's. Uh, I don't know. It's concerning. I'm. I obviously have to, you know, put my hat hat on the the same statement from all the all the embassies that are in the country. Like, like hold hold it together, man. Like, well, we can get through this. There. So, to put some more context onto this situation um like with the problem with some of the polling places not opening running out of ballots other things like that is that there is the weather is pretty harsh in congo right now and a lot of places that were previously only accessible that were only accessible by foot or, or like you know road or through the air they can't get through it on on a on the ground anymore because there's a pretty harsh, pretty severe flooding that's making a lot of these places inaccessible to anything but but helicopter. And uh, the the Seni president uh, Kadima did try to order more helicopters to get to these polling places, but they weren't able to do it in a timely fashion. Does that mean fraud? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I can't really say. I don't. I don't have an in-depth knowledge of how of the situation here. I've only started a no. What I only started paying attention kind of recently to DR Congo specifically. It's a pretty new one for me to keep an eye on. But so I, I'm gonna keep watching this because we're gonna have to see if this is fraud or not. We'll see what uh, what President Felix is thinking. I expect, I th- you know, it's going to be like some kind of fucking miracle, right? That he wins and says, oh, yeah, we don't need to do that again. Well, wow. Don't we? But, right, the flooding in Congo has been getting pretty bad. And a lot of people are dying. Not good. Uh, more on that in a second in Sudan I described the horrific violence that was happening over there and recently today it was not supposed to be but the president I don't know the head honcho the general general Dagalo of uh, he he heads up the RSF the uh, rapid support forces that oppose the acting president slash uh, ch- chief of the uh, armies, the military. Um, they were supposed to travel to... Now, I'll get to that in a second. But General Dagalo did travel to Uganda to meet the president there, Yauri Museveni. This, it's his first international travel since the civil war in Sudan started in April. And he... Hmm, it's also one of the first times he's been seen publicly since the civil war started in April. So uh, the Ugandan president brought him brought him in to talk about the 
increasingly dire situation in Sudan, as well as what uh, General Tagalo's plans for uh, peace negotiations are. And yeah, there you go. So recently, the RSF, they're kind of branching out of the... I believe they've been in the capital city for the most part, but they're branching out to a nearby place. It's called Wad Madani. Uh, that was about a month ago. And they've been... I, yeah, I already described the horrible shit that they've been doing. Uh, naturally, the RSF Tagalog, they deny this. Tagalog <clears throat> um, was supposed to take a trip to Djibouti to meet with uh, General Abdel Fattah Al-Burhan. Uh, he is the... He's the acting president, and uh, if you recall, I mentioned that one of the one of uh, Dagalo's conditions for meeting to negotiate is that that uh, Alberhan cannot come in as a head of state. Um, so they were supposed to meet with the Intergovernmental Authority on Development, IGAD, that's in Djibouti, or it's headquartered in Djibouti for the current for like the current I don't know iteration but uh, some disagreements in principle between the two of them uh, can't got the trip canned I'm guessing that among them is the not meeting as a head of state which I'm not entirely certain what other capacity he's supposed to go as uh, but uh, what are you going to do, right? So, like I said, the situation in Sudan is horrendous. I really would rather not describe it again. Um, it's imagine a horror movie, imagine a war movie, combine the two. There you go. Uh, the situation in Congo, the weather conditions aren't getting any better so between these two if you know these are again non-government organizations non-partisan uh, the the links for these lvx.at is slash sudan and slash congo pretty fucking easy <clears throat> interesting news from Argentina the new president Javier Millet he the words were issues decree then whatever calling for a very accelerated schedule for uh, getting reforms passed through Congress uh, one of which was reinstating taxes on salaries which why I'm not okay <laughs> not saying that they shouldn't be there it's more of like why why would you not why would you have taken those away um but there are over 300 measures that uh, Millet wants congress to discuss <laughs> fuck <laughs> until the end of january uh and the congress was not scheduled to meet again until march um yeah put these fucking politicians to work and do your goddamn jobs so uh, I may not necessarily agree with Millet on what he's trying to accomplish, but yeah, put these motherfuckers to work. So this one coming out of Cuba. The Cuban government quietly sort of snuck in their legalization of euthanasia. They are, I think, the second... Latin American country to do this, the first being Colombia. So there was a nurse, an oncology nurse, who also had, I think, a pretty aggressive form of uh, colon cancer, I think it was. Somewhere, something to do with the butt. Um, I'm sorry, miss. Um, but 
she was uh, she's a, was she was a nurse for cancer patients, and then then she has cancer herself, and it's like things are starting to look pretty grim. Uh, she said, "Quote: Families want to keep loved ones alive until the very very last moment, but one has to think of those suffering. If only we could, if only we could have a dignified death." At a certain moment when nothing can be done anymore, let me die peacefully in peace and harmony. Uh, her name is uh, Suaima Lopez. I do not disagree with that woman at all. If that's what you want to do. So in the uh, in the in the bill or whatever the law that was passed, that the verbiage was the right of people to a dignified death is recognized in end of life decisions which may include the limitation of therapeutic effort, continuous or palliative care, and valid procedures that end life. All right, so there you go. It seems that euthanasia is not as common as you'd expect. It is allowed in the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Australia, Spain, New Zealand, and some states in the U.S., and it's ah uh, yeah somebody wants to pass on on their own terms like fucking more power to you man i i would at 100% prefer to pick my pick my own time than it is to like sit in my own waste fucking wasting away all decrepit and fucking pathetic absolutely not no, thank you. I do not want that at all. Oh, there's my buddy. Gato. Uh, right. So there. that's the bit from uh, Cuba on euthanasia. It's interesting to me that that's one of their outcomes with a, ver with a nationalized healthcare service. Um, they don't... They're not profit-driven. You know what I mean? So... The only concern that they have is the best outcome for the patient. They don't have any other concern because things are already being paid for. So I, I don't understand why this is such a fucking problem. But like, like I said, I would a hundred times out of a hundred. I do not want to be left on a ventilator Hoping that for everyone to sit there fucking hoping that I'm going to wake up one day. And all of the shit that goes into rehabilitation to get to living a normal-ish normal life again. No thank you. I just don't want that. Miss Lopez, like, fucking one fist in the air for you. I'm rooting for you, homegirl. Um, right. One bit from Mexico. A delegation from the U.S., uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken, uh, Homeland Security Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, and an advisor, one of his advisors, uh, Elizabeth Sherwood Randall, will be going to meet um, President AMLO in Mexico. So, uh, recently, last week, President Biden and AMLO agreed in principle on the need to start uh, for more, for stronger enforcement of the U.S.-Mexico border, which includes people, uh, migrants passing through Mexico to get to the U.S., not just uh, Mexican people trying to cross over. Um, <clears throat> so those talks should have taken place today i believe um there's a an activist named luis garcia viagran he referred to the meeting as the americans having more concern for domestic election issues um and they want to make the migrants bargaining chips i i don't think there's an element of truth to that there's no fucking denying it I don't think they're being treated as bargaining chips. Like, it's, 
This needs to be processed in a humane and expeditious fashion. And, but also safely for all parties involved. Like nobody wants, I don't want migrants to be getting caught in like human trafficking like sex slave trafficking because they because the process is too fucking slow and they had to put their trust in some piece of shit that took advantage of them absolutely not and at the same time like that and also the same the shit that texas is doing is fucking insane it's completely fucking insane uh i like these these aren't they're still people these are still human beings these are still human beings that's that matters more than anything is that is their right to life their dignity as as human beings is more important than i think anything else i think that that can be achieved with a secure border you can do that there's just a lot of uh a lot of changes to fucking policy that need to happen but we'll i'll get to that on the getting sidetracked i always get sidetracked uh one last thing out of mexico i thought this was pretty cool it's a bit a bit more of like a color piece it's uh there's a group called sisters of the valley who are start trying to change the attitude in mexico at large about cannabis use and cannabis culture so they don't sisters of the valley they don themselves in um at they dress up as catholic nuns in the they're called habits i think to i mean mexico is predominantly catholic so there you go and uh their their goal is to try to not just to educate but destigmatize and one of the one of the women named uh Ber- she goes by bernardette they all use nicknames because they want to take, we want to take the plant back from the narcos. So naturally, they don't give their personal information out, lest they and their families be targeted for retaliation. So I think that's great. You fucking ladies, get after it. It's it was wild. Like they they uh, they compared the numbers between the two, where I think legal cannabis revenue between the U I don't I'd have to check again but it's between their group and the US market I think I don't know if it was isolated to one one uh, one state or not but it was uh, 50 times higher in the US than it is for them uh, that's pretty nuts. They're yeah, they got a steep hill to climb here. So all best of luck to you. All right, let me fucking hate myself for a little bit. Let's talk about Israel and their very terrible, terrible things that they're doing to the Palestinian people. Horrible. Uh, so as of today. The it's December twenty seventh. I didn't fucking say that up top. I'm sorry. We're forty minutes into this, into this whole fucking thing, and so and it's uh I started just after twenty two hundred. That's was forty minutes ago. It's now twenty two forty two. So there you go. Um, as of today, the death toll broke twenty one thousand people killed. It's like times three wounded. Unreal. Uh, the IDF is going to start bombing places on the Lebanese side of the border with Lebanon. Uh, specifically the spots where Hezbollah has been firing rockets at Israeli buildings or whatever. Uh if the world and the Lebanese government don't act in order to prevent the firing on Israeli northern re- residents 
and to distance Hezbollah from the border, the IDF will do it. That's from uh, Minister Benjamin Gantz. He is... He, they, it, this, was, this is a fucking weird thing. Um, he was actually a member of the opposition party, but the October 7th attacks necessitated a need for like a really a quick establishment of a cabinet for under Netanyahu. So he is a uh, minister without a ministry, if that makes sense. So I don't know. He's like a, he has the title. It's just, he doesn't run anything in particular. Let's see if the world and the Lebanese government don't act. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is like, I can't disagree. Uh, you, you can, um, you want to, you want to stop your boys over there, or are you going to make me do it? Because if I have to do it, you're not going to like it. Which, we know that they're going to be extremely heavy-handed in retaliating against this. There is another one. The defense minister, uh, Yoav Kalant, he implied that there have been retaliatory incursions in Iraq, Iran, and Yemen. Uh, it's uh so his uh he said in the statement it's uh we are in a multi-front war and are coming under attack from seven theaters gaza lebanon syria judea and samaria uh, which that's the west bank iraq yemen and iran we have already responded and taken action in six of these theaters uh so, the IDF, in some form or fashion, has claimed responsibility for actions in uh, the West Bank, Lebanon, and Syria, but not the others. So, that's, uh, that's pretty wild to be admitting that. <clears throat> like, we, <laughs> oh shit, uh, I sincerely doubt that they're going to like that. Um, there's a little bit on Iraq and a little bit, a little, I'll tell you in a moment, but it's kind of similar to this. Uh, I, it's like the other guy said, uh, Gantz, if you guys aren't going to do what, if you're not going to stop it, then we will. I can't disagree. It's difficult to disagree with that. Uh, they've. I mean, there's only so many times you can ask before it's time to start taking action. So, doesn't change what's happening in Gaza. It doesn't. Like, and that's very just beyond horrendous what's happening to those poor people. Uh, like, you're, I don't know. Like, I think it's just going to be a matter of who breaks first. And given who is supporting Israel, I really doubt it's going to be them. Speaking of who is supporting Israel, <clears throat> uh, President Erdogan of Turkey likened Bibi Netanyahu to Hitler and Israel to the Nazi regime. Uh, I say this all the time, and I'm going to say it again. I fucking hate when people try to draw parallels to World War II. It is so fucking played out. Completely fucking played out. Try like change the fucking record here. It's you're doing it so much that it loses its efficacy. The more that you throw out, oh, so and so's like Hitler, such and such are the Nazis. Like you keep doing that. If, if everyone's a Nazi, then nobody's a fucking Nazi, right? Uh, so Erdogan, you're a fucking idiot. Like he's, all right, so he claimed that uh. He, called, he labeled Israel a terror state, uh, referencing the air the airstrikes and the ground raids and uh, strikes from uh, ships in the sea. And he, said, he called for international tribunals to try the, uh, the Israeli government. They use, here's, uh, here's his exact words. <clears throat> I'm quoting Erdogan here, so... Quote, They used to speak ill of Hitler. What difference do you have from Hitler? 
they are going to make us miss Hitler. Is what this Netanyahu is doing any less than what Hitler did? It is not. He is richer than Hitler. He gets support from the West. All sorts of support comes from the U.S. And what did they do with all the support? They killed more than 20,000 Gazans. End quote. That's Erdogan's words. Um, and here is uh, President Netanyahu's response. Uh, Erdogan, who commits genocide against the Kurds, who holds a world record for imprisoning journalists who oppose his rule, is the last person who can preach morality to us. I thought this was like a fun fact, was that Turkey and Israel were pretty strong trading partners up until the October 7th attacks. And uh, Turkey also does not consider Hamas a terrorist organization. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bad move from you there, pal. <laughs> yeah, like uh, glass houses. Like, don't come on, man. Like, you're you're a piece of garbage. Like, why are you gonna be pointing out other people that are in the in the dump with you and act like you're better? And even if you're not trying to act like better, you better be fucking your hands better be clean before you start pointing fingers. Um, let's see. All oh, right, so the IDF incursions, the implied incursions into uh, Iraq, Iran, and Yemen. Um, speaking of incursions into Iraq, here, the U.S. There was an airstrike in there. For some reason, my notes on this didn't save, but I kind of remember them. There were, there was one U.S. service member that was critically wounded, uh, uh, critical condition. Two that were like badly wounded. Uh, they didn't really give a, a measurement, but because it was done, the act that got, that uh, hurt them was a drone attack by this it what's her what's her name it's like a kataib hezbollah it's a you know another hezbollah faction operating in that operates in iraq instead um i believe it's kataib and so the u.s uh, struck back they killed one and i saw conflicting reports 16 and 18 injured and the Iraq government referred to this as like a, a violation of their sovereignty. So I expect that they're going to say the same thing if the uh, if the shit from Israel's confirmed. Like, of course, you don't want to just allow. You can't just let foreign governments roll into your territories and do whatever the fuck they want without you at least knowing about it. Like, that's definitely not cool. I'm curious if Iraq even has enough strength to do anything about it. If they could, if they would do anything about it. Just the uh, U.S. advisory... Co uh, the U.S.-led coalition is something like... like 5,000 troops that are... They are there for the purposes of preventing another rise of the of ISIS, the Islamic State in Iraq. So there's that. Here's the last thing. This one I just wanted to point out because you'll see in a second why. Um, the pr Prime Minister of Spain, Pedro Sanchez, refuses to... He like kind of axed the idea of the... European Union anti-piracy force being used in the Red Sea, but was open to other options. Uh, he said that Operation Atalanta, which that's their anti-piracy thing, was made for piracy in the Indian Ocean, where circumstances are very different. Okay, fair enough. So this is what what caught me. Like I brought this up fucking last time. Operation Prosperity Guardian. Spain is already a fucking member of that task force. What the fuck are you even talking about? I don't know. It's a weird thing to have to have to say. Like, oh, we don't need that. We already have this. Why don't you just say that, you fucking idiot? 
Uh, but speaking of the Prosperity Guardian, uh, Denmark Danish shipping company Maersk, Maersk, they are going to resume routes through the Red Sea with uh, the Prosperity Guardian task force uh, in playing defense for them. Uh, their ship is the Marin Maersk. They announced on the 24th that it would be going through uh, the Suez Canal to the Red Sea. Through the Red Sea, it's going from Tangiers to Singapore. Yeah, well, I haven't seen if they've encountered any troubles, but uh, it's it's supposed to be making good time, uh, usual times, rather. And there's a, a German company that was also named that patently refused to go through Suez, and they're going to be going around Africa again. They're, they're going to continue going around Africa until further notice. Myersk did slap on some uh, fees for shipping with them because of the because of the dangers and stuff. So, Dan- uh, fucking hazard pay for the the sailors on those ships is I'm not gonna say no to that. You are already in Prosperity Guardian. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you even talking about? All right. <clears throat> That is not all. I'm going to have Tasha give us a little bit on the the Vietnam situation that we talked about before. Uh, but let me let me recap some of those. Um, how can I help? How can you help? Uh, if you can afford to, lvx.at slash Ukraine, lvx.at slash Sudan, slash Congo. It's all, it's all pretty, pretty straightforward there. And for if you want to help non-government organization vetted not partisan at all they just they're just doctors and other medical professionals trying to help people who are hurt that's it it's a uh, the organization's called medical assistance for palestinians they go by the short name map that one lvx.at/map pretty pretty straightforward there all right, so Tasha's going to give us a little breakdown on Vietnam, China, and then I will be right back and we will get wrapped up. News from the Asian Pacific. Hanoi, December 18, 2023. The United States will continue to closely cooperate with Vietnam. A U.S. official said after Hanoi announced last week its leadership would be strengthening ties with China, including on defense and security, as the two great powers compete for influence. Foreign policy experts are casting a skeptical eye on this week's highly publicized upgrade of foreign relations between the two nations that share Iraqi history stating Hanoi is likely to shift from a carefully balanced foreign policy that includes recent strengthening ties with the U.S. and Japan. Vietnam's leaders upgraded relations with Beijing during China's President Jing Jinping's visit to Hanoi last week, three months after they boosted ties with Washington as U.S. President Biden traveled to the country in what has been seen as a success for Vietnam's diplomacy. Vietnam obtained immediate rewards from a 36-page cooperation document signed on Tuesday by party leader Jing and his Vietnamese, count- and his Vietnamese counterpart, Nguyen Phu Trang. This included wider access to the Chinese market, Chinese funding for cross-border rail links, and a hotline to deal with fishery incidents in the South China Sea. China has been long Vietnam's top trader with bilateral volume last year topping $175 billion in revenue. China is also the fourth largest foreign investor in Vietnam currently. Historically, relations between China and Vietnam have been unstable, where the two countries fought a bloody border war in 1979 and clashed over an island in the Spartley chain in 1988 before normalizing ties in 1991. Beijing and Hanoi remain locked in a territorial dispute over the South China Sea, 
with Vietnam expanding its island-building efforts to counter China's claims of sovereignty over the region. Top-tier diplomatic ties have been in place between Vietnam and China since 2008. But Washington and Tokyo just achieved the same status with Vietnam during President Biden's visit to Hanoi in September. And Vietnamese President Vo Vang Trong's trip to Tokyo last month. In an article published in the Nam Dong, the official newspaper of the Vietnamese Communist Party, Jing laid out his vision of the community as one linking China's development to that of his neighbors so that each country is better off. Jing continued by stressing that Asia's future is in the hands of Asians. Despite language in the China-Vietnamese statement that may seem to have been directed against the United States, concerns that may hamper Washington's plans to deepen relations with Hanoi have so far been underplayed. According to Cameron Thomas Shaw, spokesperson of the U.S. Embassy in Hanoi, our relationship with Vietnam is not about any third country, he said. Our close cooperation with our Vietnamese partners across various sectors, including health, education, technology, and trade, will continue for the foreseeable future. In a joint declaration issued after Shing's visit, Vietnam and China committed to stronger security and cooperation, including between defense industries and logistics. The U.S. is also working to boost defense cooperation with Vietnam. Carl Thayer, a senior expert in Vietnam security at the Austrian Defense Force Academy in Canberra, said to those, aspirational goals with China were unlikely to affect defense cooperations with Washington, D.C. Vietnam and China agreed to enhance intelligence exchange to prevent what they called hostile forces from supporting grassroots movements, such as those that led in recent years to revolutions in former communist countries, which critics say were promoted by Washington. It seems to me they're making a strategic move to make sure that any action China may take against the U.S., they're protected. All right. Interesting stuff. That is an interesting story. It's weird how China does this and it seems on the surface that they're that things are tipping in their favor. Right. But at the same time, like a lot of other countries, Western aligned countries, Japan, fucking Philippines, obviously us, we're having the same success that china is but it's just that like china seems to be trying to highlight it more when vietnam's interests are aligned with the west as well it's interesting situation but let's get ourselves out of here oh let's do the old pluggity plugs uh if you go to lvxmedia.net you will find all the other podcasts we do, boxing, MMA, slice of life, like personal growth type of shit. Uh, all the rest of it is there. Uh, so if you go there, you can hit the Progressive Patriots button. That'll get you to the contact options where you have a phone number and an email address. If you would like to email, just hit the button pretty fucking easy if you want to use the phone number you can call it you it goes straight to voicemail or you can text either way it's anonymous if you don't tell me who you are i don't know who you are so you know take a uh, comfort in that if you really care uh right other internet shit that helps uh our social media handles ldx media net on everything if you can't find me i'm not on it if you interact with those comments, questions, whatever the fuck, it helps. It's appreciated. I will more than likely respond and we can have a little bit of a dialogue if you want. Um, that helps to get the posts more visible, which has the indirect effect of getting the podcast more visible. But what helps the most is if you rate review wherever you're listening hit me with a fiber would be much appreciated um if you have the time and want to drop a review 
Let's see. If you want to get involved, there is a group known as Common Defense. Uh, this group, it's uh, a U.S.-based group. More than likely, wherever you're hearing this, there's probably a, uh, like a quote-unquote chapter it, where near you, where you live. Um, the, this group is the type that pushes legislators to to make decisions that help the people in the situations that I've outlined. Common defense, lvx.at slash cdef. That is the membership sign-up page. And yeah, that's the, uh, that's the type of shit that we get up to. So with that said, I'm going to get out of here. Hope again. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, whatever whatever you celebrate. Um, yeah, I'll catch you on the next one. We'll see you. I think I'll be doing the domestic. I don't know in a little while. All right, see you. <laughs>